Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1683. Today we're going off-road, doing a little overland. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, with a very special guest by the name of Brent Lang. Hey, Brent, welcome to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm absolutely ready. Let's do this. We're going to have some fun. And when I say buckled up and ready for a fun ride with a guy like Brent, what his company builds, you can go on some very, very fun rides with out into the country, into places where nobody can get to. And we'll learn about that in a minute. But first, Brent, I want you to share one little thing with our listeners that most people don't know about you. Okay. Well, that's a great question. Um, so honestly, it's uh, that I did not know exactly what industrial design was as a profession or career until I was at Auburn. I actually learned about it from uh, in my history class from a guy named Eric Bird. Uh, he asked me what I was studying and I told him mechanical engineering and that I wanted to design cars. He kind of laughed and shook his head at me and told me I should really look at industrial design. And so I, I wound up biking down to the industrial design building at Auburn and saw what they were doing project-wise, and uh, I changed my major a week later, and the rest <laughs> is history. You know, this is pretty cool. My son was an industrial design major at Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, great school. And, you know, when he said he wanted to go to school there, a part of me said, what? Because he applied to all these other more normal schools, I'll call them. And I mm-hmm. didn't know a lot about RISD. And when I started looking into it, I went, whoa, this is a pretty prestigious school. And I said, well, what are you going to do with an industrial design degree? And he said, I don't know, dad, but it sounds really cool. And he's turned out to have an insanely cool career with Google. He's designing oh, wow. all sorts of neat interfaces between back-end hardware and, and front-end hardware, I should say, back-end software development. And uh, just the stuff he got to do there, I kind of was jealous. Man, I wish I had done that for a college degree. <laughs> Sounds like fun. A lot of work, but very oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, I'm excited about this. Let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into your life and what you do. So here we go. Brent Lang is the Vice President of Research and Design and partner with Storyteller Overland, a company that produces the best class RV adventure brands in the world. That's what I was talking about when we're going off-road. His life obsession with everything automotive began when he started fixing up a 1972 Carmagia that his grandfather had imported from Germany. Those regular listeners will know that Carmagias have a very special place in my heart. He became interested in industrial design, as he said, while studying mechanical engineering and earned his master's in design management from Savannah College of Art and Design. He worked at McSweeney Designs, where they build custom-tailored vehicles, including VIP armored motorcades for foreign dignitaries and heads of state. And he was head of design for Coach Nick Saban. Am I saying the right? Saban's signature series? That is correct. Coach Nick Saban. Yeah, sprinters before joining Storyteller Overland back in 2018. We'll be back in a minute to learn more about Brent. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Give them a listen. Hold on. We're going off-road. We're going to have an adventure today. Sit tight. 
Did you know Covercraft offers you much, much more than car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find Cologne Custom Bras, LaBra Front End Covers, and Hood Protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. You'll find vehicle seatback organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for those kids in the back seat. Spidey Gear Webs that keeps cargo that's in your truck bed safely in place. Seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, bumper frames, bump steps, pet ramps, pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat, tire covers, Carhartt backpacks, cooler bags, tote bags, tool bags, and zipper tote bags to keep everything secure. And don't forget their dash mat dashboard covers that shield the sun's damaging UV rays. Covercraft offers you an incredible list of solutions for your favorite rides. They're easy to install, easy to remove pet protection pads, are easy to wash too, and protect your floors and seats from Fido's damaging claws and messy fur and air. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah. If you use the code YAH120 at checkout at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off on me. Covercraft.com. Go there and use the code YEAH120 at checkout for that 10% discount. Covercraft, they've got you covered. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah!, if you use the checkout code CARSYEAH, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Brent, we are back. And as we get started on this story that is your life, I'd love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the uh, tires turning in the dirt and mud here on Cars Yes, since we're having some fun going off-road. So, Brent, take the wheel. All right. So uh, this was a, a pretty challenging thing to learn throughout life, but it's and it's kind of a, a it's an interesting way of looking at things. Um, it, it is very easy to make something complex look ugly and extremely difficult to make something simple beautiful. Mm. This quote actually came from Tin Man Lao of uh, Auburn University Industrial Design Program, and uh, I was in Ty- Taiwan with them having a design discussion in regards to furniture design and automotive design, and I'll never forget that moment. I didn't fully understand it until I was working with uh, B.F. Goodrich and Michelin as a mechanical designer. Good, simple, elegant solutions to problems or challenges are, are, are really fulfilling and, and they're hard to get to. But there at B.F. Goodrich and, and Michelin, the, the, the French and American engineers that I got to work with, well, they were just absolutely masters in this way of thinking. I would sometimes provide a pretty complex solution and then they would get out a red pen and they would essentially (laughs) school me on the principle of keeping it simple. And that was really, really hard for me to learn. But uh, it taught me how to look at things differently from a manufacturing 
cost and efficiency standpoint. That idea kind of morphs into its own little weird art form, if you will. But I love this quote because it plays into a minimalist design philosophy, which uh, I'm kind of enamored with uh, as we look to the future with reducing you know waste and costs and, and hopefully improving the overall efficiency of things. You know, this is very near and dear to my heart because I studied graphic design advertising in college and my father was an architect and, and an artist. And so he exposed me to a lot of things in the world. And one thing he taught me was to really observe and to mm-hmm. look at things. And there's a couple of things that come to mind. One, which you will know, Mies van der Rohe, the principle of less is more. Yep, Which absolutely. Apl- applies to exactly what you're saying. And another one, which is a great quote I love, perfection is achieved not when there is nothing left to add, but there is nothing left to take away. Yes, exactly. Which goes to what you just said. So let me ask you this. When you're working in your current career at Storyteller Overland, how do you apply those principles to a vehicle that has to do some pretty special things than a normal on-the-road vehicle has to do? Well, in all, we when we approach design for the vehicle, typically... This is a vehicle that you can essentially live with off grid, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that we kind of funnel things down is that we like we, we look at the specific application of what we want this area of the vehicle to do. Because you have to remember we're dealing with a sleeping area, we're dealing with a shower area or a bathroom area, or you know, a space for you to store your equipment and stuff like that. So typically how we look at we we try and provide the simplest solutions in, in ways of doing things so that uh, it's not overly operatic to to accomplish the simple task. Mm. We also look at it, it specifically how we lay things out and how users actually engage with the interior of the vehicle. So we've actually developed a you know a chair that actually has been pull tested where we have levers that actually configure this automotive seat into a bed, oh. which is pretty cool. So in, in two seconds, you know, with, with two little levers or three little levers, you can make this into a full bed. But it's also been pull tested to meet F and VSS standards. So again, it's something that is very very simple. But is also it is complex in a certain sense because of the amount of forces it has to withstand. This can also apply to to the, the structure and how that seat is actually able to hold all that weight. It's very cool. Now, do you guys do a lot of actual? You probably have a term for this in in your profession, but on the scene testing. Let's say going out into the rough with your vehicles with people that typically do that kind of thing and then watching how they interact with the vehicle and the different components, how they store things, how they use things so that you can keep improving in a real world sense. Yes, we do. have. We, there's a little bit of contextual research. There's also some first world experience. One of our partners here, Adam Donaldson, is uh, our testing guru here. I'm sure you've heard about the guy at Ferrari that gets to, to beat up on Ferraris and break them. Well, we have Adam Donaldson and there's not a better person <laughs> in this world than him. He's a, a dear friend of mine. Um, he was actually the best man in my wedding. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he's he's a guy that goes out and gets to test these things. Uh, he's our head of, of, of testing and systems integration. He does an absolutely fantastic job. But he will find the weakest link and report back and make us the best that we can be. Absolutely. Well, it's so important if somebody's going off grid and they're going to be somewhere far away from any kind of help. Last thing you want is something breaking, especially something serious that leaves you stuck. So let me ask you this. If I'm interested, and I mentioned to Brent in our pre-show chat that a good friend of mine is having a vehicle like this built for him right now. And this is the first time he's ever had something like this. So if if a newbie like me and I say, you know what, I'm ready to go off grid. I want to get away from it all. 2020 has just been a disaster. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be around anything anymore. But 
I do want to have some luxuries because otherwise my wife will not go with me if she doesn't have a bathroom or shower. We have a place to cook or sleep and things like that. So when I come to you, what's the process that you go through with your potential clients to give them the best build? Because are all of your vehicles bespoke or do you have vehicles you build that are just waiting for customers? Typically, the way that we're that things are done here at Storyteller is that we build the mode four by four, um, and that comes in your classic standard version, and it also comes up in an upgraded version, which is called the Beast Mode. Beast and that's got. Mode. Wait a minute! Yeah, I think that's yep. trademarked by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not aware of that one, but, but the Beast Beast Mode has got all the fixings. So yeah. it's got the the custom ride improvement, suspension, and all that good stuff. So what we do is that we are um, an RVIA certified uh, vehicle manufacturer. And that means that everything that we build and put in these vehicles is built up to code. So this isn't necessarily a custom one-off. So that includes any of the electrical system, any of the plumbing, that all has to meet a, nas- a national standard. Mm-hmm. So this, the, essentially, since we are, we're RVIA certified, we have dealers across the, the nation right now, primarily on the West Coast, and there'll be some more coming online soon on the East Coast. But you go to a, an RV dealer and you're able to purchase one of these vehicles. So we have a standard version of the mode. This is, we, this is not a custom vehicle vehicle by any sense. Uh, everything is, is very, very standardized. The way that this thing becomes a custom vehicle is when the person or you know the end user is going to purchase this. And they this is a canvas for you, okay? This is, if you're really, really passionate about photography, you can kit it out exactly how you want to to go do those really, really cool photography events. Or, you know, if you're a fly fishing person, or if you're a skier, or if you're a mountain biker, or if you got if you're a guy that wants to, you know, pull a, a race car behind it, you can go to the track and have, you know, blast and yeah. then load everything back up. That's typically how we see our mode four by four out in the wild and how it's actually distributed to people. I love it. Out in the wild. Out in the wild. Well, that's where you take people or you allow people to go. So I think it's really, really, really cool what you're doing and having played around on your website. It was so much fun. You start to dream and you start to realize, man, this is something I never thought I might be interested in, but this looks pretty cool. Now, when I look at how things have gone this year with 2020 and all the challenges, (laughs) but I hear that this segment of the market travel trailers, motorhomes, motor coaches, even in the sense of of vehicle sales, many more people are just deciding to go on road trips. They don't want to travel. They don't want to be in airplanes with people. They don't want to risk getting sick. And that industry has been pretty robust for a pretty challenging year. Is that what you guys are experiencing? Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. In terms of sales right now, the, the beast mode is already currently sold out for the rest of the year, um, which that's that's fantastic. We're, we're very pleased with that. We've got copious amounts of pre-orders already with deposits down. It's, it's doing very well. But what we are seeing is that people do want to get out. They do want to experience this adventure. This is a, a much quote-unquote safer way to do that. We're definitely seeing that in the marketplace. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. I always like to talk a bit about a big challenge people face in their lives, and it's really more about the learning lesson and how they overcame that. So walk us through a time in your life when things were a bit challenging, maybe even a big failure. Uh, Again, more importantly, tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your life and your career as you moved out of it. Okay. So I got to, I got to say the biggest challenge that I faced was, uh, getting into the automotive design industry period, uh, let alone in Alabama. And I think it's probably one of the most challenging fields to get into because there's so much competition and they are typically located in major cities like uh, LA, New York, or the Michigan area. So it's typically where you, where you've got to go to be a part of automotive design. So I was extremely fortunate enough to get my start by being offered a design position with Southern Comfort Automotive, uh, and McSweeney designs in, in Alabama, uh, and specifically into the specialty vehicle manufacturing. 
manufacturing. A lot of people don't know about this, the, the SVM industry. Everyone sees, you know, GM, Ford, Dodge, all that stuff, those designers. But, you know, there's a whole nother segment of the industry that is supporting those things that the, 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 the original manufacturers that's just does, it's not a part of their business model. So, uh, in all honesty, truth be told, it wasn't one single thing or way I did something that made that opportunity to present itself. I had some five or 10 uh, unsuccessful interviews. And uh, with my last interview, the staffing agency, they actually liked me enough to introduce me to SCA as a potential designer candidate. And uh, the next thing I knew, uh, I was working with a team to cut off a factory roof on a brand new Escalade to put a raised armored roof on. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty interesting. Hey guys, let's bring in the 60 to $70,000 vehicle. Let's get the saws on. Let's do pieces. this. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Oh, we got to put you know, tape. We got to make sure everything's taped off. So I guess uh, from all of this, sometimes you have to fail enough for it to just finally work and be where you need to be at the right time. But I think that true failure is giving up. Yes. You know, that those are incredible words you just said right there. You just don't give up. You just keep going. And, and I've talked to so many people now, well, 1,683, uh, and that is... You have to be persistent, tenacious, and you said something, you know, five to 10 interviews before it happened, and you just have to have, keep the faith, keep going, and yep. look where you've ended up, and look at how this transition has led you to where you are now. It's just absolutely fabulous. It's a wonderful story. So uh, really proud of where you've gone and what you've done, Brent. This is really fun, yeah. and you're working and living in the dream that you had going way back to that day you bicycled over to industrial design. Aren't you happy you did that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, there was a little bit of resistance from that from from my family members, but ultimately they were they were supportive of me, and it's uh, it's the best decision. It's also one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Well, obviously you made the right one. I think it was the same my son said when he said, I got accepted to RISD. I want to go there. I went, yeah. what? <laughs> so. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't re realize design school is extremely tough. Yeah. Oh, everyone thinks, oh, you just draw pretty pictures. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> you know, he said something to me. Now, RISD is right next door to Brown University and they share mm -hmm. a lot of classes. So my son took a lot of classes at Brown. He took engineering there. He took English. In fact, he ended up being an English tutor for master's program at Brown for students who were foreign students who had English as a second language because his English teacher said, you're really good at this. I'd like you to stay. And he ended up staying one summer and he got paid to be a, a tutor to help these these folks. But he said, Dad, you know, late night, if you see lights on in rooms at RISD, it's students working. If you see lights mm -hmm. on late night at Brown, they're partying. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, and Brown's a pretty prestigious school as well. So yeah, he said, I've never worked so hard in yeah. my life to do the right thing, but it was a wonderful stepping stone for him. And I'm very proud of how he uh, made it through that school and, uh, and met the woman that ended up being his wife and life is good. So that's pretty cool. We're going to take a short break. We're going to thank our sponsors. We come back, we're going to dive into Brent's personal passion for cars. I think we might be talking a little bit about a Carmagia as well. So keep your seatbelt on. We're still going off-road. We'll be right back. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same, and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collector's Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. 
So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing... These wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners received at Le Mans. The Racing Series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARS, yeah, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Cheers! Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at CARSYEAH, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are, keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back, Brent. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this personal passion you have for cars, that pivotal moment when you knew that you were indeed a car guy. 
Okay, so uh, that was probably the first time I got to drive the the Carmen Ghia. So uh, the vehicle actually had sat in my parents' garage for quite some time, and it honestly needed an overall like go through restoration. So I actually wound up swapping it from an automatic or auto stick transmission uh, to a manual at about 17 years of age, and I had a friend rebuild the engine. So it was a Sportomatic. It was, and the the vacuum powered uh, system on there was not something to write home about. <laughs> no, um, no. So, but at the factory, they had actually already included the clutch Bowden tube, so I was actually able to to put in a manual transmission and didn't have to worry about that. But what was funny about that is I actually understood and read more about the vehicle, but I didn't actually know how to drive manual at the time. <laughs> um, so I knew how it works mechanically, but you know the feel of the clutch and, and, and how to feather the gas and all those things working together, I had no idea. Um, it was very frustrating. So, But uh, as I was leaving the driveway, one of the uh, automatic transmission wires that was like a signal wire, which was unplugged, it actually grounded out. And then I learned about uh, the white magic smoke oh. and what an electrical fire smells oh, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, you could have lost the car. Yeah, so I stopped the car. We popped the hood there's smoke billowing out and I just kind of let it sit there for a second. I, I don't know if I was in tears at that point, but I mean, cause like so much money, so much time, blood, sweat and tears, right. but the wires were fried and everything kind of settled down. And then I got back in the car and turned it on and everything was fine. So it was kind of that, at that point, you know, you have true passion when you can see through the, and, and, and overcome the speed bumps. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man, an, an old Volkswagen, you're going to get some speed bumps in that thing. <laughs> No kidding. Yeah, I drove my Gia for many years, so I know what it's all about. Now, this is a car your grandfather found in Germany and came back to the U.S. with, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, he actually took a second honeymoon with his wife, my Oma. They went in and actually purchased the car. He actually went for the for the blood orange because he wanted to be able to be seen. Mm -hmm. And they went ahead and toured through Europe. Now, what's interesting is my grandfather actually had polio, and that's why he actually went for the automatic oh, transmission. Okay, yeah. Because uh, he had he had some leg issues. Um, that kind of really really helped that out. But uh, it actually came back. He actually imported it back into Louisiana, I think through New Orleans, and then drove it around and then was actually a wedding present to my parents. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I'd spent the majority of high school going through the whole thing. Like it, th that car taught me everything I needed to know about cars, every major vehicle system, hydraulic systems, uh, electrical systems, as I just told you, and how they work or don't work. And also, you know, engines and stuff like that. So it was, a, it was a really, really good learning experience. I learned so much on that car. I'm very thankful for it. We still have it today. Well, I, of course, you can't let a car like that go. That's, that's in yep. the family forever. Now, I have to ask, and I'm guessing I know the answer. Did you have the How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive book by Muir? By Muir? <laughs> yeah. No, I did not have what? that book. Uh, what? No, I did, I did not have John Muir's book. I had the Bentley manual. Oh, um, okay. Well, and, that's probably even better. <laughs> here's the thing. I actually slept with that bat next to my bed. And before I'd go to bed at night, I would read about, you know, how to replace ball joints or, you know, yeah. what the correct lashing for whatever, whatever, you know, clearance you needed or what have you. And so that's what I would literally read at night. Wow. Well, I still have my mirror book. It's just full of greasy fingerprints. Of yep. course, it's a famous book. Uh, the rest of that, oh, yeah. How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive, a manual of step-by-step -step procedures for the complete idiot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I think it was one of the first for the complete idiot books ever written. Now they're written about everything, right? So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. How fun. Well, I think you already answered my next question. First really special car. It has to be that 72 Gia. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It is. It, it was, uh, it, it's really the, just, I don't know. It's, it, I've shared so many memories in that car. I went from, actually drove all the way from Auburn all the way down to, um, with some very, very good friends in college that now work at Disney to a show down in Orlando area. And it was just a, it was a fantastic vehicle. You know, it's kind of funny, uh, 
people don't realize, you know, cars now, they don't smell like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> just the heat, you know, it, it was just a wild ride. Well, I drove my Gia so often. I used to drive it from San Diego to Mammoth Mountain to go skiing several times. And that's about, normally in a normal car, about an eight-hour drive. Right. Because it's a long way. And I took that car many, many times. It was great in the snow, but it was a bit of a long drive, especially with the special exhaust I had and the modified engine. Kind of loud. You'd get there and your hearing would kind of be severely, severely damaged. It'd ring a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I loved it. I thought I was the coolest guy with skis on that thing and, and driving across the high desert in California, heading up to Mammoth Mountain to go skiing. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Brent. I'm going to crawl into your mm -hmm. skull a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive your attributes into a vehicle. What would Brent Lang be? And more importantly, why? Okay, so uh, I'm gonna have to say uh, this is a. I, I would probably be a Mercedes W123 300TD, which is the estate or, or the wagon version. I'd say this uh, this car, because of reliability and comfort, but also practic practicality and frugalness. Uh, even though it's a luxury car, I'm pretty approachable as a person and manner and appearance. Kind of like the W123 series is. It's very approachable in terms of design language and how it handles decently for its build. Also, a 300TD is honest. It's not pretentious or pretending to be something it's not, but it gets you there and gets you home. Uh, it's also aged well design-wise, considering I'm of the same uh, vintage as, as that car. So that, that would probably be my answer there. There's a guest I've had on the show by the name of J.G. Francis. He owns Mercedes Motoring in Glendale, California, and they take very well-loved old 70s and 80s Mercedes. They make them even better. They don't do full restorations because they find cars that have been well cared for, sometimes low-mileage cars. But when I was at his shop, he had the most beautiful cars, and I'll tell you the ones that I like the most were the cars that are you, and that is the wagons. Mm -hmm. And they're just, I remember as a kid, parents that had these Mercedes wagons, 300 TDs, the diesels, or even the gas cars. And I think they also made like a 280 mm -hmm. version of that, the late 70s, I believe. Yep. And they're just bulletproof. Just. Yes. And they're not pretentious. Even back then, they really, well, they might have been. But today, you know, Mercedes has a different kind of deal. They're hand-built cars, solid I think you thought that went through pretty well, Brent. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, uh, anything down from, uh, and I love the the turbo diesel engine. I mean, we've actually, I've got a, a 300 GD. It's a W460. It's a, it's a Glenda Wagen. Oh, um, nice. That, that actually has the OM617, which that, that car is essentially very, very well known for. Yeah. And absolutely, I mean, they're just, they're just brilliant and wonderful cars. Yeah. Ah, perfect. Nice way to answer that question. All right, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions. Have you give me some quick blips of that mercedes 300 td wagon throttle if you can do that on a 300 okay yeah and then you just kind of chug along would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life uh get good sleep exercise and eat healthy because it's amazing how much more of effective as a person you are when you take care of yourself oh my gosh yeah absolutely now if i could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased who would it be um, I'm going to have to say, uh, uh, Chris Bangle, um, his depth as a person is just, it's beyond just car design and he's just absolutely fast, fascinating and, and captivating and inspiring. 
Well, you know, you're now uh, a Carja alumni with Chris because he's been a guest on the show here. So you'll, oh. help, you'll have to go back and find his show. It's been a couple of years since I spoke to him. He had long left BMW, but we talked a lot about that. And of course, there's that whole period where he, uh, some people loved him or hated him. Uh, well, right. his design, I won't say him because it wasn't him. But yeah, I find him fascinating. And some of the things he's been involved in since in the world of design outside of automotive have been right. really, really spectacular. So you'll have to go back and listen to my my talk with him. I really yeah. love talking with him. Now, how about a resource? Is there one that's a go-to for you that you'd like to share you think our listeners would enjoy? Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Uh, it's for men's health, suicide prevention, and prostate cancer awareness. Um, my wife and I actually photograph uh, for the Birmingham, uh, Alabama event um, under Chris Hartman, and uh, we really, really enjoy it. It's it's something that we actually drive a Miata around, take pictures of individuals, but it's a charity event to, to raise money for that. Oh, how nice. Well, that's fantastic. I'll make sure to put a link to that on Brent's show notes page. Check it out. Now, is there a book you've read you think our listeners should read? Um, I was going to have to recommend that that Volkswagen service manual by Bentley <laughs> Publishing. Yeah. It'll teach you how to rebuild a whole Volkswagen and make you question why things are so complicated now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I put a link. Yeah, Bentley. I mean, they have so many. I've had many, many of their manuals for the different cars I've owned. And uh, what a valuable resource for a guy. I'm not the most technical guy when it comes to working on cars, but I figured out a lot of stuff. And you you, you feel so proud, don't you, when you fix something? Oh, yeah. No, there, there's nothing. There's not a better feeling in this whole entire world of fixing something that's broken. I, I really do enjoy that. Absolutely. All right. We are up to the checkered flag here, Brent. It's kind of a fun mm-hmm. day for you. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car, anything in the world, and I'm going to park it in your garage. But my regular listeners know the rules to the game here. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. It's a keeper. I want it to be a driver, but it's the only one collectible car you can own. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes. Now I'm going to remove the Gia from this equation because otherwise it's too easy for you to say, sorry, I'm keeping my Gia. <laughs> um, but because of the grandfather relationship, I cut a few of my my uh, guests a little bit of slack here. So I'm going to do that for you today. So let's park that in the back. We'll pretend it doesn't exist right now. What am gotcha. I going to buy for Brent Lang today? And more importantly, why? It's really hyper-specific. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. It's a 1981 Mercedes Unimog Dalka 416 double cab 4x4 Restamod. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, you are one unique guy, Brent. Uh, nobody's asked for a Unimog, and I know what those are, but you have even some more very specific numbers you just tossed out at me. Okay, my friend, I kind of get it. Off-road, you work in that mm-hmm. industry and storyteller overland, so that makes sense. Unimogs can go anywhere. I yep. mean anywhere anywhere but they are kind of how do i describe a unimog to somebody who goes what does he want so so you got to tell us why just because uh, I'd really, well, and that's why I said resto mod. I mean, they're they're not the most practical vehicles. I'd love for it to have a highway gear and then a crawler gear with an automatic transmission. But honestly, it's uh, they're they're really just fascinating vehicles. They're huge. They're also one of those vehicles that's kind of so ugly. It's cute. I hate to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I love the way that they look. That the, the design language for Mercedes at that time is just oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, and and having like a rear PTO for doing farm equipment and stuff. And it, it would probably. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it would probably honestly tow a Miata pretty well. Um, (laughs) Probably tow it. It would probably tow a Miata. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's a very unique answer to that question. I get some unique ones, but that's got to be up there in the top 10 for sure. 
you're going to, you know, now this is probably going to have to come with a special garage because those things are tall. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess I got to buy you a garage too. Oh, well. There we go. That's I'll settle okay. for that. Yeah, I bet you would. Well, I think that's a great answer and especially considering what you do there at Storyteller Overland. Tell our listeners, actually, before we go into that, I would love a great parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the hills with the family in that 81 <laughs> Unimog. <laughs> Um, so just parting words, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but, uh, the best solutions are usually the simplest. Uh, yep. if you have an issue, try to look for the smaller issues and solve them or diagnose them first. Uh, kind of the idea of Occam's razor here, but mm. definitely look for those simple solutions first. Never jump to the conclusion that it's the big, big, hairy, scary problem. Yeah. It's almost always the simple stuff. And every time in my life that I've chased my tail over stuff, when I've gone to the more complicated, it's in a being the most simple thing that you could possibly yeah. fix after night after night of, of trying to pull my hair out. And I've got no hair to pull out. So that makes it really hard. So tell our listeners, where can they go and learn more about Storyteller Overland and you? Okay, so uh, you can read about Storyteller Overland and the mode 4x4, as well as the beast mode on StorytellerOverland.com. And uh, the company's Instagram is uh, at Storyteller Overland. And uh, I have an Instagram account, and it's uh, at Brent underscore underscore Lang. And uh, that's where I post up pictures of my adventures and sometimes van-related stuff and G-Wagon stuff and stuff like that. Very cool. Now, I have to ask, where did Storyteller... I get the Overland, but Storyteller, where did, how did they come up with the name? Okay, so here's the thing. It's not about the van. It's what you do in the van, right? It's yeah. about telling better stories. It's about adventure, uh, living free, and exploring endlessly. That's what Storyteller is about. It's a wonderful name, and it, it just depicts wonderful things like what you just said. I'll tell you, listeners, if you guys are at a point in your life when you want to go out and have some adventures and you want to do it in the right way, Storyteller Overland is the answer for you. You can find everything that Brent has shared today on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Brent Lang, L-A-N-G. His page will pop up. Easy to find, Storyteller Overland. Check them out, follow them. Uh, I think they might make some new dreams and maybe give you a different perspective on life, which is kind of a fun thing as well. Brent, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your amazing life story with me today. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. It was a true honor. Oh, my pleasure's all mine. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! 
Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!